Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. The Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, and we now find our way to the book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number 11. Ecclesiastes and chapter number 11. The book of Ecclesiastes, of course, is written by King Solomon later on in his life. And he's making honest observations about life, specifically about a life lived without regard to God. Now, as he continues on and hits these last two chapters, he's making more and more of practical application, more and more of practical understanding of how important it is that we trust God and that we look at God and that when we try to do things ourselves, we're going to fail. But we can follow God and his principles and expect God to do his part. We find our way to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And notice with me in verse number 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, if they empty themselves upon the earth, and if the tree fall forward to the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, either this or that, or whether they be or they both shall be alike good. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 11? Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and notice just a small saying that we find in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 and verse number 5, the phrase, even so. Even so. This phrase, even so, is a simplistic term that is made to be an encouragement, made to uh, a little proverb, a little saying. Uh, I come from the South, and the South, they got sayings for everything that they just kind of rattle off. This would be like one of those sayings, even so. That even so speaks a lot. It says quite a bit, even so even so. That with that even so, we know that there's things that are not in our control. (laughs) Even so. Very little we can do about it. And so we can't worry about the things we can't do anything about. It's going to happen. It's going to be that way. We just need to do what we need to do. Even so. Even so. 
We need to get back to those things that are even so. To understand that even so, this is the way God works. It is simple yet profound point for us as we see these opening uh, verses in chapter number 11. We can trust God even so. God's got things handled. Notice if you don't mind as we dive into this book a little bit and let's see these things that we could trust God in, that we could have our responsibility in, that we could say even so. Notice first of all, we see our casting, our casting. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse one says, cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days. Now, The interpretation of this verse is kind of, some people have different ideas. A very common idea was that you would be able to take your um, (coughs) uh, bread and that you would cast in the water, you would give it away. And the application in this is, is that if you cast it away, that you're going to get it back again. Uh, That's kind of the colloquial saying. Uh, After many time, a common phraseology kind of falls apart, but we understand what they're meaning by this. The phrase is, is the, it carries our idea of reaping and sowing. That you give your life away, God's going to give it back to you. You cast it away and it's going to come back. That there is a principle of reaping and sowing. We have something that we could give our lives to. And the thing that you give your life to, if you give it to the Lord, you'll never lack. You're investing in it wisely. You give your life to God, he'll give it back. There is a principle of reaping and sowing. (laughs) In the gospel record of Matthew and chapter number 19, we're not going to turn there. We have the story, the real historical event of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler is young. He's very wealthy, a lot of influence. When he starts approaching Jesus, the crowd parts for him. He comes and humbles himself and bows down before the Lord and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, he started off with the wrong premise. You can't do anything to get eternal life. It's something that God gives to you. But this man had some idea in his mind that he could do something in order to go to heaven. And so Jesus works with him as an individual and starts working with the Ten Commandments. And this man said, these things have I done from my youth on. What lack I yet? Meaning that, hey, I've obeyed the Bible ever since I was young. I mean, he's honest in trying to say that. We know that he had a big problem of pride, which is a sin. But he still thinks he could do it. And says, what lack I yet? And Jesus said, if thou be imperfect, sell all that thou hast, give to the poor and come and follow me. Well, the guy said, no. Because he had great possessions and he walked away sorrowful. Now, as the, the story narrative switches from the rich young ruler to the disciples, look at the disciples. They, they've never thought about this before. But now this rich young ruler comes up Ask Jesus what he could do to have eternal life. Jesus says, give away everything that you have. And he didn't want to, and he walks away. When he walks away, he walks away giving nothing to Christ. He still has all of his money, all of his possessions, all of his influence, all of his cars, houses, lands. He has all of it. He didn't give any of it away. And they walk away. Well, the disciples have a meeting of the minds, and they start going, we gave up everything. We gave up fishing business. We gave up being with our families. We've traveled with Jesus three and a half years. We, we've been just, we've given up everything. 
And so the natural question says, what do we get out of this? I mean, we never thought about before. Jesus said, just follow me. And we just did it. First time it's ever been confronted. What are we getting out of this? And so they start talking among each other and eventually they push Peter up in the way and Peter kind of, okay, we've given up everything, Jesus. What shall we have thereof? And so Jesus begins to talk with them and tell them that that, um, anything that they give to the Lord, they won't lack on. He will give them a thousandfold up in the millennial kingdom, that they're not going to miss anything. Then he goes in the next chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 20, and talks about the parable of the... um, the, <laughs> of the laborers in the harvest field that each of them come and they have to get judged and uh, the, um, the master will give them what he thinks is right and they can trust him. That was the principle of it. And so they kind of go, oops. So that was a small way of saying, we can trust God to give us what is right. That you will never lack anything that you give to the Lord. You give your life to the Lord, God will take care of it. You give your time to the Lord, you'll never lack. God will take care of it. God will reward. That the things, God is a debtor to no man. Hold your finger here. I will turn to one verse. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. And notice with me in verse 17. Proverbs 19 and verse 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth it unto the Lord. And that which he hath given will he pay him again. Who's that he there? Is it to the poor? No, it's to the Lord. The Bible here is given a principle that the things that we do under his direction are given to the Lord. So if you give it to the church, you're giving it to the Lord. If God directs you to give money to another Christian uh, to help them out, you're giving it to the Lord. And God is a debtor to no man. You can never outgive God. God will take care of it. But that there's a principle there. Some people are so tight with their money, not realizing that you're better off with God's blessings. Amen. God will take care of you. Um, Pastor Sexton, of course, who wrote this Sunday school material, was reminiscing about when he was a young boy in Tennessee. And uh, his mother, who was worked on Sundays, she was a single mom. She would give uh, money for Pastor Sexton. He wasn't pastor back then. uh, Clarence Sexton and his brother to go to uh, church. And so she would give them money to give to the offering plate back then a nickel. And then they had uh, money to get something on the way home, a little treat or something. And they would walk to church. And uh, like boys normally do, they would play with their money and whatnot. And every once in a while they would lose a nickel. But it isn't always amazing that they never lost their nickel. They lost the Lord's nickel. They needed their nickel to go ahead and buy something on the way home. Well, we do the same thing. We, we, if we have financial problems, we always lose God's money first. Oh, I'm sorry, God, we didn't have enough money to pay you. I got to take care of me. Well, that shouldn't be. Now, I know that some of you have understood this principle already and give to the Lord first and God never lacks. But you understand God is a debtor to no man. You can never outgive God. God will take care of you. Now, it may not be where if you give God a nickel that he'll give you a dime. That's not what we teach. But God can give blessings a lot other ways. And we're thankful for it. But God is a debtor to no man. But the same thing's not just true with money. You give your time to the Lord. 
He is a debtor to no man. Isn't time money? Isn't your time valuable? Well, the time that you give to the Lord, God is a debtor to no man. You give your talents to the Lord. Isn't that worth something? Well, God is a debtor to no man. You can never outgive the Lord. And so there's a principle here that when we invest our lives, invest our time, invest our talents to the Lord, he's a debtor to no man. We can trust him. It is not wasted time to serve the Lord. It is not wasted time to give to the Lord. God is a debtor to no man. If other people can catch this principle, it is amazing. I'll give you another illustration. My pastor, when he was a young preacher boy, getting ready for the ministry, excited about things, he had money that he had saved up to buy himself a new pair of shoes. And so he knew he needed a new pair of shoes. And as he was at a church service, there was a missionary there with a big hole in his soul. So as the missionary was praying, he said, oh man, the missionary needs new shoes. And God said, well, you got money, but, but it's my money. I needed new shoes. Yeah, but the missionary needs shoes. Give it to me. Uh, oh, okay. And, you know, reluctantly gave it to the missionary, go buy some shoes with it. And uh, <laughs> he goes, all right, God, you're going to have to take care of me. From that point on, 30-something years later, my pastor has never bought his own shoes. Isn't that amazing? That always someone went and bought his shoes for him every time he needed them. God's good that way. Test and see. Watch God work. Give it to the right motive, though. Give it to the Lord. Don't give it to get something back, all right? You'll find that doesn't work very quickly. But you can trust God. Giving your time to the Lord is never wasted. Giving your talents to the Lord is never wasted. Giving your finances to the Lord is never wasted. That God is in control. And then we have the phrase, even so. It's not a big deal. For those of you who learned this principle, it's not a big deal. Even so. I can give, not worrying about it. God will take care of it. Even so. Even so. God's got this. There's a second principle that we see in this passage here. We see not only our casting, but we see our clouds. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting at verse 3. He that, uh, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree fall toward the south or toward the north or toward the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Now, here it's just setting things up that... Well, you can't do anything about the clouds. Cloud comes, it's going to bring rain, bring snow. It's going to do what it is. If a tree falls down in the forest, it's going to fall. Even so, no big deal. Verse number four, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Here it carries with it a picture of a guy who says, you know what? I'm going to get something done today. But before I do anything, let me see if the conditions are favorable. And it could be all blue sky, but there's that one cloud. I don't know. That cloud could bring rain. I don't think I'm going to go out and go work today. You know what? I, I, I want to get something done today. But you know what? Oh, ah, you know, it's not warm enough in my house. So I just, oh, I, I guess it's not going to happen today. Oh, I, I'm going to get something accomplished today. But you know what? Oh, I woke up and I have a little bit of twinge in my... Oh, I guess, 
I'm just not going to do anything today. It's a principle here that he that observeth the clouds, he that's waiting for the best perfect circumstances, you're never going to find them. There's never going to be the optimal time to serve God. You're always going to have excuses. Always going to have something that could, that you could use. Um, <laughs> some of you have heard this story before, but I, there was a pastor uh, who went and knocked on a door, invited someone to Sunday school. And the guy said, I can't. Well, why not? I got a quarter of milk in the refrigerator. A quarter of milk? What is that going to do for anything? He says, one excuse is as good as another. True. There's a lot of people who don't need much of an excuse at all not to do anything. Well, you know, I know I should do this, but uh, it's just not, it's not bright enough today. Or it's too bright. Oh, it's, it's not the right temperature. Oh, it's the right temperature, so I can't. I got to go do something else. Always going to find someone who's looking for that optimal time will never do anything. Now, it's not just talking about serving God, but there's a lot of people who don't do anything because it's not the right circumstances. Amen. Well, you know, I'm not going to do this. Oh, I'm not going to work today because I'm... Well, they're not going to get anything accomplished Amen. at all. Now, this is one of those even so. Yeah, <laughs> even so, you could trust God. You don't have to worry about whether it's going to rain or not. You don't have any control over it. Do what you know that you can do. Amen. Keep moving forward. You're not going to find optical things. There's a principle of reaping and sowing that you will reap what you sow. And if you don't sow, you're not going to reap. Could you imagine a farmer living in Wisconsin? Well, I got to wait for the perfect temperature to go ahead and plant my crops. It's got to be the perfect temperature. It's got to have enough rain and moisture. And, and until we have that, I'm not going to plant. You have a farmer that's going to starve and die comes time to reap, to gather it. Well, you know, uh, it's not grown enough. I'm sorry, it's not warm enough. Oh, it's already too cold. Is that guy ever going to get his crops in? Not at all. He doesn't have a choice. If he wants to get it done, it has to be done. Mm -hmm. We've all, as we live in farm country, driving to church, we've seen people out in the fields raining, (laughs) We've seen them out in the fields where they're trying to get some crops in when it's snowing. Not this year. It was, we've seen them out there working and waiting for planting season in Wisconsin. And it's ground still kind of come on, unfreeze, unfreeze, unfreeze. They can't wait for the perfect time. They've got to get things done. Can you imagine? Uh, I know that school got canceled twice this week. But at Wisconsin, could you imagine if they canceled school like they did in Tennessee, that even if they had the hint of snow, everything shut down? No. I mean, yeah, you'd never have school. You just couldn't function. (laughs) You know, even so, because we're used to snow, we're going to have, as long as the buses can go, we're having, as long as there's not a safety factor, we're going to go because we can't wait for the perfect thing. You know, we can't, we got to stop getting excuses and stop allowing them to stop us. Our clouds get in the way. What a great poetical phrase, by the way, which is used even in the secular world, that it says, uh, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. Oh, there's just a good picture of a guy who just sees that one cloud, and because that one cloud's in the sky, I don't know, it may rain, so I might as well just not even try. Stop making excuses. 
<laughs> you're never going to have the perfect time. Just do it. Get it done. Move forward. Just start working. There are things that you can't change. Things that you can't do. As it goes back to the first verse, it's talking about the uh, verse number three. It's talking about the trees that fell. You know what? Those trees that fell, a lot of times they want to make a memorial out of it. Oh, this poor tree. Oh, let's make a big memorial out of it. Let's uh, this fallen tree that's fallen in my life. I can't move past it because this tree, it's got to be memorialized. We have things that mess up in our life and you can't let it stop it. You know, <laughs> um, just use a practical thing. A water heater goes out. Do you stop everything? Just, oh, well, we can't go further. We can't do anything. No, you got to go on. I was thinking last night, what would I do? Because I was with some police officers. Some of their uh, furnaces went out. What would I do today if I found out that my furnace was out this morning? Well, I'm still going to church. <laughs> I'll find some time to get the repair guy there, but I'm still going to church. I can't let it stop me. We've got to keep going forward. But there's a lot of people, a fallen tree, a cloud, will stop them from moving forward. Do what you need to do. There's a third thing that we find here. And we find here our certainty. Our certainty. Notice with me in verse number five. As thou knowest not what the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Here it's giving this idea, uh, illustration of a child growing in the womb. Now think about this. A child growing in the womb starts with half a cell and another half of a cell that combine together to make one cell. Then that one cell divides through mitosis and you got two cells, then they divide out to four, and then they continue to mold, mold out. Now it starts off with just one cell, two halves put together, and that cell divides, and as that cell divides, growing about 15,000 cells a minute, from those cells, they're going to form a heart. From those cells, they're going to form lungs. From those cells, they're going to form eyeballs. From those cells, they're also going to form um, skin. From those cells, they're going to form bones. Now, bones are pretty hard, right? I mean, there's a lot of things are forming there. Now, there's a lot of people who feel like they've got to take control of everything. But uh, the baby growing in mom's womb is something you can't open the oven and check. <laughs> yeah. I, you ever have one of those impatient cookers who have something, a pizza cook in the oven and every couple of minutes they got to check on the thing. We well, can't do that with a baby. The bun's in the oven and you're going to have to trust God to put things together correctly. You can't check on anything. You can't check the temperature. You can't check how the growth rate is. You're just going to have to trust God to put things together correctly. Even so. Even so. We have to learn to trust God. Let God take care of his part. I mean, even if you could somehow check the oven of a baby being born, what could you do? You know, it's kind of like someone watching a cake rise. I mean, you could check it all the time, but what can you really do? Just let the thing cook or like a turkey. You ever have someone who's checking on that turkey? It's got to cook for eight hours and they've got to check on it every couple minutes. Yeah. There's nothing you could do by that. Just even so, let it go. 
<clears throat> we have so many things that are not in our control. And we want the optimal circumstances. We want the perfect. We want to feel like we're doing something. But even so, can you trust the Lord? Can you let God do his work? That illustration of a baby in the womb is a great illustration. We have very little to do with it. There's nothing you can do except let God work. Even so, there's a certainty that God will work. Verse number six. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Verse 16, or verse 6 is given the summary. Hey, listen, in the morning, go out and sow. In the afternoon, go work hard with the idea that you're hoping that God will bless your labors. Amen. Just go out and work. If you don't go out and work, there's nothing for God to bless. You got to do something. You've got to move forward. You can't just sit, stand there and stand still. That's the summary of this. We find peace when we surrender to the certainty that whatever God does, it's right. We don't have to try to figure out what God's doing. We don't have to be certain that <coughs> uh, we can be certain that he will work if we'll simply trust him. We just need to step out and do what we need to do. Stop making excuses. Stop looking at the clouds. Stop trying to make memorials out of the tree. Stop trying to check the oven. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do what God's given you to do. God is a debtor to no man. Give, labor, work, move forward. Always be moving forward. Take the next step. Take the next step. Take the next step. You imagine that if a child when they're learning to walk would only take the next step if they were certain they would never fall. There's a lot of people who are like that. I'm only going to take the next step only if I know it's going to work. Well, you're going to have to trust that God will do his part, but you still need to take the step. Keep moving forward. Don't stand still. Take the next step. Take the next step. Take the next step. You keep laboring. You keep working. God's a debtor to no man. Trust that he's going to work. Trust that if you're doing things God's way, that God will bless it because he promised he would. It may not be instantly. Remember the principle of reaping and sowing is that you reap the same thing you sowed. You see, reap more than you sowed. You reap the same thing you sowed, but you reap later than what you sowed. You could trust God. God is a debtor to no man. He will get it paid off. He'll keep working. Just keep moving forward. So what do you do with this? What's your next step? What is it in your life that you are holding off because you're waiting for optimal things? Pastor Keck, a pastor who's in the area, he keeps telling churches that, listen, if you wait for the perfect time to start another church, you'll never start another church. Step forward and trust God to work. I believe that's good advice. It's good advice for your Christian life. It's good advice for us if we're going to try something. For example, <laughs> we're trying an impossible task of the NFL draft we could always put it off like everyone else and say, well, you know, we're not prepared to do that. We're not prepared to do that. We're going to trust God by faith in an impossible task. We don't have the finances. We don't have the laborers, but we're going to do it anyways. That's what God is looking for. If he's given you to do it, step forward. Don't wait for the perfect circumstances. Don't wait for everything to be lined up. Don't wait for there's no cloud in the sky. 
take the next step. Move forward. Trust God. He can work. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.